0: like a bull in a china shop up here. <laughs> what a wonderful song. I want to thank our worship team for that that lovely uh, hymn. Sometimes we, you know, we worship and we sing and we love, you know, the new choruses and praise songs and it seems like the only time we ever really pull the hymns out is, you know, really really special occasions or you know, occasions that are not quite so special and uh but uh, what a wonderful song, and How Great Thou Art, what a beautiful you know, declaration of, uh, to God, how much we love Him, and, and uh, so I love that. You know, I love all the boxes up here, I, maybe it's my age, the first thing I thought of when I came in was, uh, when I was a kid, one of my favorite albums was Pink Floyd, The Wall, <laughs> and uh, they had a concert I went to, and it, as he sang, the, you know, they were, constantly people were coming up Putting blocks in the wall and the thing. So you know, as I'm speaking, if you've got a shoebox, you know, come on, bring it on up. You know, eventually we'll, I'll disappear behind all the boxes, and that'll be that'll be fine. But, well, what a week, um, you know. And I had posted on our Facebook page the other day, and that uh, you know, it'd been quite a week, you know, up in my part of the woods, up in up in Graham Territory. And, you know, I, I've, I've talked to some of you today, and some of you are sick, not feeling well, you know, we've all kind of had, you know, a rough week at times, and one of the things I like to do is read historical biographies of different historical people, of course, and uh, Abraham Lincoln is one of my favorites, and he often talked about how in the midst of the civil war he would talk about, you know, I'm I'm tired. I'm 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 I can see that tired spot inside and and it's all tired. I mean you just can't it's that, that tired spot that you just can't quite get to, that you just can't quite do anything about. And I've met so many people in the last couple of weeks that it seems like we're We're at that spot. So many people were just tired, tired of of things happening. You know, about a month ago, I preached a message on, you know, why does God allow bad things to happen? And ever since then, it's been nothing but bad things. I'm like, man, maybe I need to, you know, why God is really happy, you know, and then then things will turn around. I don't know, but uh, it's been nonstop bad news. The killings in Vegas Carol passed away. Uh, the, uh, the family who, uh, uh, the Malone family, their house burned down. But they're okay. But they're okay. Praise God. Uh, we had a, uh, an infant, a family, uh, an infant passed away. Barrett has tumors again. What happened last week in Texas, where the man walked in and just pure evil. And now, you know, here at home, you know, I spent the last week up at at Graham High School ministering to students. We had a student who was killed last, uh, about a week ago, Friday night. And uh, this student was uh, just a fantastic girl. Her name was Sarah Hess, and she was very involved in school, very involved in 4-H, very involved in the uh, agricultural community. And uh, president of the sophomore class, athlete on the volleyball team, had done so many different things. She was in my psychology class. I was her track coach last year. And it was interesting, all week long, uh, well, last Monday, I was asked to counsel rather than teach. Normally, I'm a teacher. that's That's what I do. That's what I like to do. And uh, the superintendent said, "John, you know, we need some people. Uh, how about we get you a sub, and you you can spend the day with with the kids? Because the kids, for whatever reason, they they come to me when they have needs, and uh, and so I spent all day with grieving, shocked students. And we've uh, at Graham, I, I've." Taught long enough now. This isn't my first rodeo with these kinds of things. We've schools go through this this type of thing here in Clark County, of course. What happened at Greenan? I believe they've lost three kids. Uh, Catholic Central uh, loved uh, the Delong girl passed away. Uh, you know, kids all over. You know, our communities are hurting. And I got to spend time with these kids, talking to them, grieving with them, helping them. I told them that at the funeral, uh, I told my colleagues, be ready. There are going to be kids there that that will be their first time at a funeral. They've never seen anything like this, let alone a, a classmate. And don't be surprised if their parents just drop them off. Oh, people wouldn't do that. Sure enough, we had you know, lots of kids there uh, who were dropped off, came with other friends, and it's nice to be with your friends, but a moment like that, somebody has to support them to see the shock. Uh, it's, it's terrifying for some kids. And so I was blessed to be able to represent your church uh, for one day, I was not Mr. Tallis, the history teacher. I was Mr. Tallis, the pastor of the North Hills Church of God. And I was blessed to be able to do that. And I was introduced as that. and uh, So the cat's out of the bag, I guess, up at Graham. Mr. Tallis, really, he's really a preacher. Holy cow, who knew? So, oh, well, it's, you know, it's all out in the open now. So I tried to hide it as long. No, no. But it was, uh, you know, one of those things that, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, people who are in ministry, and those of you who love kids, who, of course, all of us love our families, when we go through times, it can be difficult. I had to watch a mother and, and a father bury their young daughter, a daughter who in many ways isn't unlike my daughter. She had many, many, many friends, was involved in many different things, and I had some sleepless nights laying there asking God, why did this have to happen? Thank God it didn't happen to us. You know, feeling guilty about that. It is so senseless. You know, these kids were doing uh, exactly what you want a kid to do. They were a uh, 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 young man by the name of Gabe Weir, a good Christian man. He and Sarah, who was a Christian, they were at uh, his mom's house just having fun. Uh it was time to get home cuz curfew, so they were heading home. And uh you know they were buckled up, they were safe, they were doing everything you teach your kid to do, everything that you want them to do to be safe. And as they were turning, they were plowed into by a we suspect a drunk driver. Nobody has officially made any statements yet. Those days are to to come this week, but so senseless, so random, so, so shocking, out of nowhere, a life taken instantly by a drunk. And I was angry, very angry last weekend, and I'm still angry, and I still wonder, why do these things happen? Why is it the best sometimes among us are the ones who suffer the most? I look at God and I ask those questions. Why? I hate it also that it's only in those types of moments that we seem to remember and love and to demonstrate the love and compassion to one another that we never see from the world. I've never seen so many kids hugging and loving and and, and teachers hugging and, and on the kids and, the, you know, Kids who don't normally like each other. I mean, I, I had to laugh. There was this one, uh, was a grease monkey kid. I mean, he walks around with his grease rag in his back pocket, you know. And uh, there was an athlete, a jock, and they're hugging each other. And it was, it was just kind of funny because they were like, Oh, come here. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I'll get it. Yeah, they, Who cares? You know, let it, let it go. But I hate it that only in those types of moments, we feel free to demonstrate our love and our compassion to one another. So what I want to do today is to take a little time to, to pause and to reflect. Veterans Day was just, uh, I think, yesterday. Um, it's a great time to reflect and think about the sacrifices and uh, the service that people are willing to do to to serve you know our nation uh kids today don't realize that there was a time when many men were drafted into the military. there was no signing up they they uncle sam congr- the president since his warmest uh, you know congratulations on your selection and oh jeez off that men served, and they went, and they did their duty, their duty to their country, their duty to their family. They gave a sacrifice, a sacrifice of their career, of their time. Uh, Eventually, those some would fight, some would die. Sacrifice of their lives. And I want to reflect a little bit this morning on this idea of sacrifice, the futility of trying to save ourselves. I think about all of the things that have happened, the killings, the accidents, the things, and over and over I'm I'm just reminded of the need for a Savior. We need a Messiah, because we can't save ourselves as much as we try, as much as we want to. We need a Savior. I'm not sure if it's because I'm a little older now and have my own family and but, you know, I pay more attention to, to the world, to the news, but it really seems history of our, of our country is uh, you know, rapidly accelerating into moral decline, a moral abyss. Now, I'm a huge student of history. I'm a very proud citizen of the United States of America, and I deeply love my country, I am a patriot in those those that sense of the word. My grandfather was a colonel. He fought in World War II as an artilleryman. My dad uh, served in the military as a captain. He was in charge of nuclear weapons in Germany. Um, he, uh, you know, these are these are real things. And of course, me being the rebel, when it came my turn to join the army, I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I think I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll go to computers or something, you know, just, just to be the rebel. But the point is, you know, I love this nation. I love this country. So please don't take some of the things that I say as, well, he doesn't love his country. He doesn't love his, his nation. I just want to reflect a little bit on some of the things that are going on that I hear so many people talking about and some of the truth that nobody wants to to say. But I really do believe that not just our country and our culture, but the world is accelerating into a moral abyss. I talked about the I generation. And one of the things that uh, young kids today, a lot of them are like, we don't want to have kids. <laughs> Why would I want to have a kid in this mess? I don't know, I... <laughs> I don't know if I want that. But our country is crumbling, I believe, from the inside out. It's not going to be some foreign power that's going to bring us down. It's not the Koreans or the Russians or the ISIS or whatever else. If Lincoln had it right. If it's going to end someday, it's going to be from the inside out. Sexual abuse scandals from Hollywood from the political world. You know, I'm amused at the amazement of so many people. Uh, Oh, can you believe all the things coming out of Hollywood? All the abuse. It's horrible. My response is, why be amazed at the stories coming out from a system that produces so much moral and degenerate filth? Some of the things that we pass off as entertainment is nothing but filth. I saw a promotion last night for a new film, Leatherface, the, uh, the 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 backstory to the Texas Chainsaw Massacres. Yeah, man, that's what we really need—more movies about you know people chopping up their neighbors—and that's real edifying, you know, in a society that we live in where we're faced with the, the challenges that we have. Uh, we need one more movie about you know, let's, you know, killing people and. We need one more video game where we can waste hundreds of people and never see a consequence. Sick jokes, immoral acts, violence, terror, gore. Why should it surprise anyone about the behavior of people coming out of Washington? People who come out of Hollywood. I had a great friend. He's a huge movie buff. He loves the film, loves the movies, and I made similar statements one day at lunch. We were just talking. He was he was kind of offended, but he was kind of, kind of like I punched him right in the gut. Is what he felt like. He was like oh man, Whew, that was rough. And he had to think about it a little while, and you know he's not a Christian, so he came up with the idea that well, you know I can still enjoy the entertainment, even though the people who made it are a bunch of creeps. You know I'm kind of like eh, yeah okay. All right. Frankly, it's been kind of nice that celebrities have been so wrapped up in sexually abusing each other that they've taken a break from telling the rest of us how to live, but that's, uh, all, that's a different story, so forgive me if I, you know, if I've offended anybody. It's like Bono said, am I bugging you? I <laughs> don't mean to bug you. The Bible clearly warns us of a coming apostasy. Now there's a Christian word for it. It's not really a Christian word, but Christians use it all the time. Apostasy in the later times. You've got to be careful in the Bible, a lot of times it talks about the later times. And that really refers to, from any time, really, from the death of Christ and his resurrection until his second coming. We call that the church age. OK? And the word apostasy means a, a, a falling away, a, uh, um, a denial, okay? Uh, you know, uh, the Cleveland Browns are horrible. I deny them now. They are dead to me. I mean, that, that's an apo- I've suffered the great apostasy of the, the Cleveland Browns fan. I just can't deal with them anymore. I moved on. Yeah. But the point is, there'll be a falling away, a time, as the Bible says, in later times. And it's going to reach a climax shortly before the second coming of Christ. Um, If you have your Bibles, and I have no idea where we are, yeah, turn to, uh, I'm going to start off with 1 Timothy, and I have several passages I'm going to bounce around 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Okay, it's, Yeah, there you go. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. But the Spirit explicitly says that in later times, the church age, and especially in the times as we get closer to the second coming of Jesus, but the Spirit explicitly says that in later times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons by means of the hypocrisy of liars seared in their own consciences with a branding iron. Men who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods which God has created to be gratefully shared and by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with gratitude For sanctified by means of the word of God. In prayer. Now, here Paul's talking to Timothy, and he said, There are some some things that are going to happen. People are going to be deceived. That's the the key word I want you to think of here. There's a deception about to occur. You're gonna there's a trickery about. If you're not careful, you could get tricked. And what Paul is warning Timothy is that, you know, there's a coming time when this apostasy will happen. People will be deceived. They'll be tricked. And being tricked is is dangerous. Because this trickery will cause people to fall away from the faith. We Think about our faith. We think about, you know you know our our love of of Christ, our love of God. But there will be a time when people will be tricked and a deception will occur and people will begin to turn their backs on God himself. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul's going to continue this theme in his next letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3 But realize this, that in the last days, here's those last days again, difficult times will come. Let me say that again. Realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. As Christians, we should not be amazed at what's going on around us. Now, I'm not one who believes that everything was perfect up throughout the rest of history. I mean, you know, since the... The beginning of man till the end of man. I mean, humans have been desperately wicked. But in the last days, difficult times will come, for men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and on and on and on he goes about how horrible people will treat each other. This shouldn't surprise anybody. I mean, you just look at the, the the world around us, the things that are happening. They're shocking. They're not good. <laughs> they take your breath away at the depths of evil. But it shouldn't surprise anyone that in a world that has rejected God, that these things would not occur. There's a deception. That's taking place, where people are being deceived into thinking that it's not the grace of God. It's not Jesus who makes a difference. It's not Jesus is the way to, the, to, uh, to eternal salvation. No, your four hundred one k can do it. The new Star Wars movies, which I love Star Wars. Okay, uh, they're they're holier, but 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 they're not going to take you. To- Hello. Matthew chapter 24 uh is is a uh you know this isn't too far before Jesus is going to the cross and he's some last minute instructions to the to his apostles. He says, "You know guys, it's not going to be long now and I just want to let you know a few things, some important things here before before the end comes and Uh, Marvin Hart, that's Neola's dad, and my grandpa were both helping me try to move out the, this couch out of the house. He went, holy smokes. The devil was against us, but we, uh, we made it. I'm going to get there. There you go. There, just a little patience is all you need. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, Marvin's yanking on the couch, trying to yank it through the door. My grandpa's standing there going, well now, let's just talk about this a minute. <laughs> I'm like, you guys are going crazy here. I think we got it solved here. Okay, Matthew 24. Jesus is going to talk to them real quick before he leaves. Verse 37. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. What's that mean? Is it going to rain again? Is God going to flood us out again? No, not necessarily. But Jesus said the climate of the time prior to his return would be similar to the climate during Noah's life. In Noah's day, two sins seemed to be predominant. Excessive violence and sexual perversion. Genesis 6, chapter 5, speaking of that time, says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Bible also tells us, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. Business as usual in 2017. And here's Noah building a massive boat, and no doubt the people thought he was some sort of a crackpot. Look at him building this (laughs) big... You know, whether you believe, the, as I do, that the, the, the flood was a global event or it was a localized event, I mean, really, in, in, the, in the context here, the man was building a boat in the middle of nowhere, no water, and people are like, What are you doing? <laughs> you crazy God lover, you. What are you, you doing there building a boat? Why don't you come with us? Eat and drink, be merry, have lots of sex, just do immoral things. You got forever. And then, the same way, people in the last days will ignore the prophetic warnings, the writings on the wall for anyone who would pay attention. Yet, Jesus said in the last days, it's business as usual. And Noah was mocked. As the followers of Jesus will continue to be mocked as well. That's a sign of the end as well. They laughed at Noah. Look at the boat. And they're going to laugh at us too. You really want us to believe in a fairy tale? You Christians crack me up. You you pray to an imaginary God out of nowhere, and he's going to do all these things, and you've lost your minds. Last week, what happened in Texas? They asked the pastor. The pastor, his own child, was killed in that shootout. Not much of a shootout, a massacre is what it was. They asked him, you know, what do you think here about about what happened? You know what they're getting at? What do you think, pastor? Where was your God when that man was going around there shooting people? When When he shot your daughter right in front of you? Why don't you give up this God stuff? And embrace what? I love what the pastor said. He, you could see him getting angry, but he didn't, he didn't curse God. He said, look, I don't understand it either. I don't know. But the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. And I don't understand. So I'm not going to lean on what I know. I'm just going to trust in God. And people are like, okay, wacky Christians. So, what do we need? You know, we're in this situation, and it seems like we're headed downhill. My dad did missionary work in, uh, I think it was in Belize, I forget. They they don't have real roads there. He was on a bus, and they were flying down the side of a hill. I mean, they don't have stop signs, (laughs) they're going just barreling down the hill. He's like, it is totally out of control. Their God can just pull a bus over. That's how I, you know, sometimes I feel about things that are going on. What's going to save us? I had a man tell me one time, well, it's, it's what's in your heart. See, if you got a good heart, I mean, that, that, that's, what's, that's what matters. And that sounds reasonable. Heck, it almost sounds Biblical. What does the Bible say about the heart of man? Desperately wicked, seeking, continually looking for this and that. The heart of man is desperately wicked. Even in the the most noble, most loved person. One of the things uh, that continually came up last week with Sarah Hess was how, how good she was how good and honest and, and loving she was. Let's move ahead to... Uh, let's go one more. One more. There you go. This is Sarah. This is how I remember Sarah the most, as a little girl. She was in my parents' church, and this kind of exemplifies her life. I mean, she's got her shield of faith, the, the sword of the Spirit, and Sarah would be the first one to tell you it's not my goodness that's going to that saved me you know it's not it's not anything I said or did it's it's through the the grace of God It's through the grace of God that she will find her place in the kingdom it's only through the grace of God that her family can make any sense out of this tragedy You talk about good people you don't get much more good than her. But even that's not enough for salvation. Because the heart of man is desperately wicked. Thank God she found her life in Christ. We live in the greatest nation in the world. And you think about what happened with Veterans Day and it's a wonderful holiday. And I am again, I'm very proud of our military, very proud of our of people who serve. You know, veterans are everywhere. You know, they they stand behind us in the grocery line. They they're next to us in class. They worship with us in church. What we have in common with one another is not always the easiest bond to understand among veterans. Veterans have a special bond because they've been someplace that many of us will never go. You realize less than 1% of the population in this country serves in the military. Less than 1% keep us safe from invasion. Less than 1% are willing to pick up the gun and go into battle. So it is right that we remember the veterans, and I know some of you are veterans. You know, we love extremes in this country. When I was a, a kid... I can remember watching TV and watching my dad get really upset because, uh, no, it was my grandmother getting upset because uh, some of the veterans were being abused on TV. A bunch of baby killers went to Vietnam, and you killed those babies, and you did these things, and what a horrible thing! And you know, these veterans who were drafted and they did their duty to their country, and they're coming home, and you know, there were many in the nation that were like, yeah. Jump ahead to today where we have veterans coming home from Operation Enduring Freedom, uh, what's happened in Afghanistan, and and they're fighting there and in Iraq and other things. And many uh, veterans are treated as almost like Superman, superhuman figures, heroes. They are worthy of the word hero in many ways. But even that heroic service is not enough to ensure their place in the kingdom of God. Think about veterans. There's something they have in in common since about 2009. Do you realize that about 17 veterans kill themselves every day because of what they've gone through in battle? More recently, it was found that current members of the U.S. military were taking their own lives at a rate of about one a day. Suicide is currently the leading cause of death among our troops. The men and women of our military, they need a Savior. They need a Messiah. It's not in the power of the U.S. military that we're going to find our salvation. I've spoken to veterans who, frankly, are fed up with how our country is progressing. They're worried that their sacrifice on the battlefield is in vain. That no one remembers or really understands the sacrifice made by so many on our behalf. Sometimes it's the same in the church. Sometimes I give lip service to God and and I honor Him, and during communion, give me a wafer. We'll goof around during sermon. I want the one in the middle, you know, or you know. We'll, Almost as if God is some sort of pledge of allegiance, without really remembering or realizing the supreme sacrifice given on our behalf. John chapter 15, verse 13, talks about laying down your life for your friends. John chapter 15, verse 13 Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Thank God for the living illustration of that that many of our veterans are so quick to demonstrate. The idea of jumping on a hand grenade does not sound pleasant to me. But people will do that because of the love, the bond that they have with other people. They're willing to do that. But it's not the goodness of, of even the military that can save us, not the goodness and compassion of a grieving community. It's not the goodness of a, of a little girl that could guarantee your salvation. Only through Jesus can we be redeemed. Only by His sacrifice at the cross do we find solutions to the mess that this world has found itself in. You're not going to find solutions to the, the, the issues of the day by listening to Rachel Maddow you're not going to hear it by listening to Rush Limbaugh. Don't be deceived by the talking heads. Look to the Bible for the truth. God is saying, "Come on, get on the ark." It's right there. The door's open. The ramp is set up. Walk on. Let's go. Jesus is the ramp to get onto the ark. You can't jump on the ark by yourself. you got to go up the ramp. But most, most will not. Most are content to stay away and hurl insults, condemnation, destruction upon the church. The church will be persecuted. You and I will be persecuted. We live in a blessed nation. The Bible, I read, is very clear to me that as a Christian, despite being an American, the day of persecution is coming to me when even my country would turn its back on me, would turn away from God. There's a great falling away that's taking place as we turn our back on God. And the rich blessings that I believe we've been bestowed upon by God Will be taken away. Now, the American nation I love and I cherish and I would do just about anything for, even I have to understand that it's not part of the kingdom of God, it's not part of my salvation. Being good isn't going to get you to the kingdom. Being an American isn't going to get you to the kingdom. Being polite, trusting in what's in your heart, is not going to get you there. So what do we do? At Sarah's funeral, one of the illustrations that they use, and one of the ones that she had to demonstrate during her catechism course which is a time for kids in the methodist church to be confirmed into the church and the pastor he teaches them stuff and they basically they got to learn the process of salvation and sarah said that you know learning to come to god is as simple as a, it's one of the easiest things in the world to understand you could draw it up on a napkin i mean here you got god over here on this cliff There's God over there waving at us. I'm here. And then there's this big gulf in between that we can't cross over, and we're over here on this side. There's God over there, and I'm over here. Hi, God. Boy, I wish I could be over there with you. but I can't because there's a great chasm here called sin that keeps us apart. And the pastor, uh, Sarah's pastor, said, Sarah drew this on a poster... Okay, and drew it all on there. Here we are, and here's God over here, and what a what a dilemma. How to go to be with God. It's not her goodness that's going to make her go over there. It's not her being American that's going to make her go over there. It's not even the goodness of her heart. We need a way to God, and only God could provide that way. We don't enact some great structure to lay across there and make our way. They tried that with the Tower of Babel. What happened? <laughs> Pour it down. But God made the way across that chasm by putting down a ramp, a way for you to go from there to here. That ramp, of course, is Jesus. His sacrifice, His death on the cross is that that ramp that bridges the gulf across sin so that mortal man can go to a holy, loving God. God has provided the way out. Don't be shocked and surprised at the fiery ordeals that go on around you. Jesus told us these things would happen before they would happen. Praise be to God that He has provided the way. It's not our our understanding that's going to to make it. So the whole point of today, gang, is, yeah, the world stinks. Better hang on, because I think it's going to get a lot hotter. And if we perish, we should rejoice, because we fear the one who who can throw both the body and the soul into the fiery furnace. But because of His great love, He's chosen to provide the way of escape. That's through the cross. As we remember and honor the veterans among us, as we remember young children cut down in their prime of their life, as we remember a country that used to have its face turned towards God. Let us remember that another man once laid down his life for us. Jesus voluntarily gave up his life to take our place of condemnation. You and I both deserve separation from God. We deserve to be left behind, to thrown in with the rest of humanity. But God has made the way out. Jesus is the ark. He is the way to God. A lot of heavy things. That's what you get when I get two weeks to mull things over and and think about, hmm, what am I going to talk about? But thank you for giving me the opportunity to kind of spill my guts in a collective manner, other than my wife Neola and maybe my parents. There really aren't too many people outside of the church that I can really discuss the things of God that I think are important, that I think it's important that we take a moment to think about and to realize. Does that mean we sell all our stuff and sit around and wait? Oh, Jesus is coming. No, we have to move forward. We have to go on. We have to be a light to the world. But don't be shocked as the world starts to fall apart. Instead, look to God. Look to Jesus as the the way out, the the, the path of escape. God is there for us. Shall we pray? If any of you this morning do not know Christ, if you don't know Jesus, and as all is like, what is he talking about up there? I was in your place one time. I would ask for you to simply go before God in your own way and and acknowledge, God, I'm cut off from You, but I really want to be with You. And I know it's only through the, the grace of Jesus, it's only through His sacrifice that I'm able to do that, to come to You. I don't understand it, I don't, but I want it. I want to put my faith and my trust in You. Won't you do that this morning? Put your faith in Him, put your faith in God. Put your faith in Christ. Father, we love you and we thank you for this day and we know that you'll be with us whatever happens, whatever comes. Help us to be faithful and to love you always in the name of Jesus, amen.